Nia Matalolo has arrived in Provo for his interview. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Nia Matalolo situation, the triple option, and matching up with the Utes. Oh, yeah, there's that game, too. Plus, Anson Winder on BYU Men's Hoops. What the Cougars have to do to fix their road woes. Choo-choo, chaboogie, Jerem. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision back to work on a Monday presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. December 14th, Mm. wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the marketing director for Mr. Plow, Jerem Jordan. It's been that kind of day. It, it's our first big snowfall in Utah. Uh, Kenya Matalolo comes and a bunch of snowfalls. I don't know. What does it mean? We'll break it down in the next segment coming up. No, but Star Wars is this week. Why bury the lead, Spencer? Star Wars is Thursday. That's right. Auxiliary power, Chewy. Let's do this. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. We'll be down in Vegas. Uh, we're going to leave tomorrow after the show. Uh, be down there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, come back Sunday. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Also getting out of the snow. Also getting out of the so snow is going is, to be nice. There is that element, It may take too. us a little longer than we thought. We might be friends with Fillmore, Utah. Fillmore. Let's go visit. driving metropolis of Perowin and yeah. Fillmore. And, yeah. A bunch yeah. of people just changed the channel. Yeah. Hey, here are today's <laughs> BYU Sports Nation headlines for those that are still with us. <laughs> Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo, or you can call him Coach... Neumat or Coach Kalo. No, no, no. We're going all the way, baby. Okay. Neumatololo. Right. Right. He's in together. Provo today to meet with BYU officials. More on the Neumatololo situation and that coaching search in just a moment. Former BYU head coach slash current Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia football team announces its assistant coaches on Twitter over the weekend. They include defensive assistants Kelly Papinga and Nick Howell, who are rumored to be going with Bronco as well as the four on the offensive staff, making six of the nine assistants in total. Gone from BYU. How about we just call him transitioning coach? Yeah. Currently transitioning coach Bronco Mendenhall. He did, he did tell me, by the way, that he is selling his house. So he's out. It's on, it's on the market. Burning the canoes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Men's basketball lost 92-83 at Colorado on Saturday night. BYU now 0-3 on the road. Mm. Freshman Nick Emery, Zach Selyus combined for 41 points, so that's the upside right there from the young guys. Anson Winder later will break that down with us. Women's Hoops beat Utah, 73-59, led by Lexi Rydelch, who scored 29 in the win. Hashtag free bacon. Yeah, it didn't last very long. <laughs> they gave, I think, two pieces to everybody. 13-seeded women's volleyball enough. lost in three sets to Nebraska. The Cornhuskers advanced to the Final Four. They, they beat BYU and then won in the regional. Good for them, Spencer. But listen, BYU, great season. Another yeah. Sweet 16. Yeah. Four women's consecutive. Volleyball. Okay, 28-4 and four this year. They only lost four matches. Yeah, Alexa Gray, done. Like, that's, that's sad. She was fantastic as a BYU Cougar. It's fun to watch her play volleyball. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football's triple option coaching search. Navy head football coach Ken Niamatololo has arrived in Provo to interview for the BYU job. Day 10 of the coaching search. Now, it took 12 to hire Bronco Mendenhall back in 2005, so... Is BYU on pace to do just the same? If they hire Niamatololo, you would think that it's going Tuesday to be about the same. Tuesday or Wednesday, you yes. would think. 
Okay. Wow. There was a f- full-on TMZ situation, by the way. In the Salt Lake International yay. Airport last night. <laughs> for the Why arrival, is there a yay on that? For the arrival of Coach Ken, or Coach Niamatololo. Kenny. Yeah, okay? I call him Kenny. So, members of the local media, and we won't throw their specific names out there. We don't want to put anybody under the bus. <laughs> I'm so close. <laughs> they, they don't care. They're, they're there to welcome in and try and get a comment. Of course, he's not going to comment on anything. I believe the comment was. I'm happy so there to was be a, here. No com- I don't have a comment. I'm happy to be. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Okay. That's so, what Bill Walton said a couple years ago when I, hey, good to, glad to be here. Okay, so this is funny. Ali, Ali Niamatololo, who is another of Ken's sons, he's committed to Boise State. With all these pictures now. surfacing on Twitter and whatnot of like, Coach Watch 2015, he's like, Dude, is that Coach Niamatololo? <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Good sense of humor from his son. This is, has to be crazy for his family. Can you imagine what life is like for Va'a right now? He plays for BYU football. Yeah, someone tweeted in. They were saying, I wonder who the new coach is going to be. And then, then they, as they were watching Inside BYU Football, and then all of a sudden they looked up and Va'a Niamatololo was on. And he's like, it's a sign. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Trevor Perkins, I think. Oh, keep it funny. Up. in all seriousness, though. And, and Jason Shepard brought this up on Friday. Why would Ken Niamatololo leave Navy? He said that he's been offered plenty of other jobs. So why now? It's a good question, one that he has to, to answer. And I said on Friday's show that uh, a lot of people that come to BYU come because of a greater purpose. That's part of what BYU is about. Um, some people take less to be here, which in the case of Ken Niamatololo, this dude's a hot commodity right now. Look. Any coach that goes 10-2, and two, especially at Navy, is a hot commodity. They're probably going to win 11 and beat Pitt. But he, uh, Kenny Matalola was on college game day, ESPN's college game day on Saturday, and revealed that uh, you know a couple of teams had reached out to him this year. I bet you Hawaii was one of them. He went to Hawaii, um, among others. But he said that his faith means everything to him and that this one's different and that he's going to hear what BYU has to say. And that's happening as we speak, he is on campus right now meeting with Tom Homel and others to see, in, in my opinion, to see the campus. What's the infrastructure like? What are the facilities like? What's the academic support like? What's, what's Tom like? You know, all, all of these things. Is the triple option okay? No, they'll have that discussion and whatnot. We'll ask Trevor Maddich about that coming up. There's a lot that goes into this. But that is a good question is, why would he leave? Now, to me, Bronco Mendenhall left for similar reasons that Ken would leave. More money, why, w- why would you leave to take less money? And uh, you have a, a situation that's a new challenge. That's why Bronco Mendenhall left. He came under some fire, and I'm talking about Coach Niamatololo, mm. for making the decision and telling his players that he was going to take a look into this BYU job. But I really love... I love that people are dogging on transparency. It's yeah, that's always the, the other thing. way. That's the thing. What team does not want that type of honesty, integrity, and transparency from a coach? You were honest with me. You were forthright, and I hate it, this said is, no one. This is what he said. Okay, He didn't want to deceive anyone. Quote, I didn't want to be one of those guys who says, read my lips. I'm not going anywhere. And then the next thing you know, they're on a plane going somewhere, he said. I mean, you could just say nothing. And you avoid that, right? But then people are like, hey, be transparent. He continues, or they text their team. I've known coaches that take another job and don't even tell their other coaches. How do you do that? We're a family. You wouldn't do that to your family, end quote. Yeah. I loved what he said. I I respect that so much because it's got to be difficult to tell your team. 
especially before the Army-Navy game, an emotional week like that. Yeah, and that's where it's awkward, right? One of the best rivalries in college football, debatably the best. Um, When they're breaking huddles the whole year, even after games where they just played some other team and they're saying, go Navy, beat Army, that's pretty intense. BYU doesn't speak to that degree in a rivalry situation. Then it's a big deal. But he's on campus now, and... This, this could go down in the next couple of weeks, uh, days. If Kenya Matalolo is the guy, it's going to happen quickly in my opinion. And whether he does or not, he's a classy dude. We have all determined that. He's a, I, he's a stand-up guy. I like him, and we learn more about him in Meet the Mormons than, than anything else, right? If you saw that movie, you go, okay, he's a leader of men. Uh, his faith in, in the LDS church is strong, and he knows what he represents. And that's why he's at least hearing what BYU has to say. But to me, it's not just hearing. It's, it's more than that. I know that we're all caught up on that. Well, what about the triple option? Because that's what he lives, eats, Abs- and breathes. Trust me, every BYU fan is like, no. That's what he succeeded at. Okay, we'll get to that in just a bit. But here's Actually, a- we met two guys that were like, no, triple options, okay. Okay. We said, if you want the triple option, tweet in. There were two. Here's a guy <laughs> that deals with similar recruiting limitations. Uh-huh. You know, not the same, but similar. Yeah, like, he restricted. Gets it. He gets it. Re- what other teams have restrictions in recruiting in any way? Military academies, BYU, BYU, and then the high academic ones. That's it. Okay, he gets the most out of his players. Effort. Bronco Mendenhall got a lot of effort out of his guys. Ken Niamatololo gets effort out of his guys because it's a service academy. They play for the coach. They love that guy. And he understands that this job is more than just about football, like it is at Navy. So there are a lot of similarities in this BYU job to the one he currently has at Navy. And also, he's been successful, Jerem. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ken Niamatololo has more wins, 67, than any other coach in Navy football history. And it's probably going to be 68 with the bowl game against Pitt, unless he bounces and he's the BYU head coach. We'll see. We'll see, right? But that's, he's been successful. And again, this is his best season. I believe they won 10 before under Ken Niamatololo, but they could win 11 in the bowl game. Uh, Their only losses uh, will have been to Notre Dame and Houston, both of which are in the New Year's Six, by the way. So if you're going to lose... how about that? It's to pretty good teams, right? They beat Memphis when Memphis was undefeated. I mean, destroyed Memphis. This is a good team. Chance at 11 wins in that bowl game, as Jaron mentioned. He's already got Jamal Williams signing off on him. On December 10th, Jamal said on Facebook, quote, I like what I've read about Coach K. Lolo, which, by the way, I think is a fantastic name. It's a new nickname. He has my vote. So does that make you change your stance? Or you think, wow, Jamal, Jamal Williams. I think Jamal's coming back either way, even if it's Kalani Sitaki, Kyle Whittingham. I don't know. It's interesting because Niamata Lolo appears to be the obvious leader in the clubhouse. He's here. He's meeting with BYU. If it's a yes... You'd think that BYU would pull the trigger. If it's a no, you'd think they'd pull the trigger. If it's Kalani Sataki later in the week, if it's Kyle Whittingham after the bowl game maybe, we're still sitting here waiting for this. But I know that Tom Homo wants to get a head coach in place as quickly as is uh, fairly possible. That BYU's not going to rush the process. Fans are anxious to get the new guy. Again, Bronco Mendenhall took 12, 12 days to hire. This is day 10. In Tom, we trust. More on that in just a bit. But I, let's go to the question, Jerem. What about the triple option? What about it? Not going to happen here. It's not. And we discussed this uh, quite a bit on Friday. There were like two fans that tweeted in like, yes, I'm cool with it. And the concern is, will he be a good coach not running the triple option? 
I don't know this, but I feel this. That Tanner Mangum, uh, if I'm Tanner Mangum, I go, we're not going to run the triple option, right? And if, I would ask Tom Homo that question. And I if, if I'm Tom Homo, I would go to Tanner. I would say, look, don't worry. We're going to be fine. Tanner has validated this, this thought of BYU not running the triple option to me. I don't know. His comments have been uh, something like, no matter who it is, it's going to be good. We're going to be fine. And Tanner typically plays the right cards, right? He's never played. He's never been out of place in this. I feel like Tanner knows, hey, we're going we're gonna to pass. We're going to pass the Rockets BYU. We're cool. And a credit to Tom Homo, I've heard from a number of players that he's been on the phone talking to everybody, to recruits and players like, hey, Tom, I'm, I'm going to hire a really good coach. Tom knows the, the name of, of, I think, every BYU athlete. And there are, what, over 400? No 600? No I'm joke. De- I'm dead serious. So he has relationships with the players. He's going to make sure that these players know that he has their best interest in mind. The guy has an incredible track record of making good hires and establishing a pattern of winning at BYU. Point being, whoever he hires, I have great confidence that it'll be the right fit. Tell me right now, who do you want of the three? Oh, man, I, I want all I three put you for, on the spot. for different reasons. I want all three for different reasons. I'm like you. I'm indecisive because I'm confident that all three would be successful here. That's the thing. I don't think there is a bad choice out of the triple option coaching search nice. that BYU is going with right now. It depends. Do you want experience with Niamatololo and or Whittingham? Not and or, just or. Um, or Kalani Sataki, his first shot. He's the hot commodity defensive coordinator. He was great at Utah when he was running the defense there. He's a BYU guy. I c- and there aren't, yeah. There aren't that many BYU guys who are at a high level. But look at the ones BYU was recruiting. How many of those guys went to BYU? So Taki and Whittingham. So honestly, like you tell I me, say like, recruiting who, like, and coaching who do you, the who do you want right now? Who do you want, Spencer? And it's like, man, I want. Who do all, I want? I want all three for different reasons. I want reasons. Bill Belichick. I want Nick Saban. They ain't LDS, dog. I want the experience and the winning track record of Kyle Whittingham. I want the leadership and the integrity of Kenny Amatololo. I want the Polynesian pipeline and the BYU pedigree of Kalani Sataki. And the recruiting prowess yes. that Sataki brings to the table. I mean, all, all the, of them the have different too. strengths. The He's age young, too. 40. Sataki is two years older than Bronco was when he was hired, by the way. Bronco was 38. He was like the fifth youngest head coach in yeah. FBS at the time. What would Ken Niamatololo, if he is hired, bring to BYU that other head coaching candidates Cannot. First tweet in from at CPA Coog. Oh, he, by the way, that's our Twitter question. Oh, yeah, that is our Twitter question. Yeah. Holy cow. I'm, wait, I'm still waiting for the birds. There it is. That <laughs> <laughs> introduced our Twitter. <laughs> Not that bird. At CPA underscore Coog says he's nationally recognized for his work as an FBS head coach as well as his work on the big screen. Uh, he's not nationally known for the big screen thing. Come on. You go to IMDb and Ken, is Kenny Amatololo on IMDb? Internet movie database. He has to be, right? He has to he be. Has to While be. you're looking I'm that looking up. I'm looking it up. At Twiggy or Stone, he is a proven commodity. He was able to coach a team with restrictions and succeed. So, yes, in that capacity, I like Ken Niamatololo as the head coach at BYU because he understands what it's like to deal with limitations. Yeah, he's on there. He's on IMDb. So he is yeah. on the big screen. Yep. Well played, CPA underscore Coog. It's one of my goals to be on IMDb. At? Okay, I don't even. Is this has I.D. Chewbacca. Hasidi Chewbacca. Hasidi Chewbacca. Okay. So is the smoke <laughs> still black coming from the watchtower? <laughs> Hashtag waiting on the, white smoke. The, the student athlete building. <laughs> it's coming out from legends. It's black and then it's white. And everyone's like, ah, we have a new head coach. 
Oh, it's my navy goodness. blue. We just compared that. To, it's Oregon State orange. To the Catholic Church picking a new pope. <laughs> <laughs> That's the equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us for Coach Watch 2015. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. I know most of you already do. Use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation will be live from Las Vegas Wednesday through Saturday of this week. We're heading down tomorrow. Very excited about that. If you're in Las Vegas, uh, come hang out at the Hard Rock Hotel. We'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then we'll be live on Saturday, a special edition of the show. Same time, noon Eastern, uh, live from Sam Boyd Stadium on game day. Because, oh yeah, by the way, BYU and Utah play a football game this week. Somehow that has become a backstory. <laughs> To everything that's happening right now, the head coaching search, our Twitter question today, what could Ken Niamatololo bring to BYU that other head coaching candidates cannot? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us, as he does every Monday, Trevor Maddox, ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst, BYU National Champion on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, it is day 10 of 12 in the coaching search. Ken Niamatololo is officially in town. Is he the leader in the clubhouse to you right now? I don't know if he's a leader in the clubhouse. I know he's a strong candidate. You know, there are only there are only three head coaches that are active LDS right now in college football, and one of those is the one who just left, Bronco Mendenhall. The other one's up at Utah. So, you know, Ken Neil Matalolo is the third guy. So if you want to hire a head coach uh, from the college ranks, he's your guy. But the thing is, I think there's other things that make him a really strong candidate. And one of them is that, that he's the kind of a guy that recruits love. He's humble, and yet he's strong. He's confident. He's engaging. He's the kind of guy that I think if they do hire him there, would, would be able to keep some of the top BYU athletes, or excuse me, LDS athletes, uh, that are getting away from the state of Utah and heading out to the West Coast and other places. So I think that, uh, that, that he, whether he's a leader in the clubhouse, I don't know, but I think he brings a lot to the table. I say day 10 of 12 because it took 12 days to hire Bronco Mendenhall the last time BYU went into a coaching search. But how about the other side? Why would Ken Niamatololo leave Navy? He's in a great place. He is in a great place, and the thing is, that's a place that's also very difficult to hire because you need to understand the culture at the military academy and be able to succeed within it, and he's proven that he can do that at the highest level of all the military academies right now. And so, you know, that, that's, a, that's a, a great thing that he's got going on there. I think it is the LDS connection that is one of the major things for him in being interested. Certainly he talked to ESPN and told them on game day that his faith is very important to him, and that's the, one of the primary reasons that he will listen to whatever BYU has to say. So I think it's a, it's a very interesting pull for him because he's in a position to where he can stay at Navy pretty much as long as he wants. But
but but the pull of BYU as an LDS coach, I think, is strong for him. Yeah, and you look at Keenan Reynolds is graduating. This is the most successful year Navy's had in a long time, maybe ever. They could win eleven games with the pit game. So it's a he's a hot commodity as well. In addition to being LDS, um, and I really like something he said in the Washington Post, Trevor. He said, "I'm just a fat guy who stands in the middle of the field and watches the game." <laughs> in connection with the players are actually making the plays on the field. But our Twitter question today, I want you to answer this: What could Ken Niamatololo bring to BYU that other candidates cannot? He would bring cachet. He would bring instant credibility to living rooms as he recruits. I think Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, would have been the other guy that would do that. But he's not available to BYU. Kyle Whittingham from Utah would do that. I'm not sure that he would come. Other than that, the guys that, that are being mentioned as candidates right now, Neil Matalolo is the highest profile. He's had success as a head coach. And I think that, that recruiting will be the single biggest key at BYU going forward. And he would be the one that would have the most instant credibility with recruits right now. If Ken is hired, a lot of people are worried, well, what about the triple option? That's what he's best at. Would, would Niamatololo be a good fit for BYU not running what he's best at, the triple option? You know, he's run that his entire coaching life for the most part. But he's a smart guy. And head coach is so much more than just what offense they bring or what defense they bring. As a matter of fact, when you're the head coach, you, you have to have a, a quality coordinator because you don't have time to do all the things as well as they need to be done as both the, both the chief executive and the guy scheming and running the offense. So, you know, I don't know that the triple option is the greatest uh, match for BYU, the greatest fit, at least not right now. They'd have to retool the entire roster, and it would be a couple, three years before they'd be able to really compete offensively because they just don't have the kinds of guys they need to be able to get that done in big enough numbers. So they'd have to do a lot of recruiting. Those guys would have to then grow up and get a little older, become upperclassmen, and you'd be waiting for that to happen. In the meantime, there's Tanner Mangum sitting there as you know one of the best freshman passers in the nation this year. So, you know, I, I don't see any reason why, if he wanted to, Neil Matalolo could not do a hybrid of elements of his triple option with more traditional passing attack that BYU fans are accustomed to, and Tanner Mangum is more uh, suited to perform and suited to do. You, you'd have to be able to pick and choose which aspects of the triple option you would incorporate, because it's an offense that you really have to commit to. But there are slices of it that you could build into the running game that would not necessarily interfere with the quarterback throwing the ball and would not necessarily expose the quarterback to too many hits if he's not that guy that's great at being a running quarterback. So, so there are all kinds of, of possibilities out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Coach Neil Matalolo and Tom Holmo were talking about what some of those hybrid concepts might be should he be hired as the coach. It seems like there are three. Can- it's down to three candidates. Daryl Bevel ruled out. Lance Anderson not in the discussion for whatever reason. And then you have Kalani Sitaki, Kyle Whittingham, and Ken Niamatolo. The three Ks, of, as I've called them. Uh, rank the top three coaching candidates right now for BYU in order of best fit. Well, I think best fit right now, Kyle Whittingham would be the best. Uh, I don't know that he would leave Utah, though. I don't know what BYU would provide him professionally that Utah does not already. 
and especially the access being in the Pac-12. Uh, I think that Utah could probably pay him more going forward than BYU could. So uh, he would come to, be, to BYU for reasons other than what typical professional spreadsheets would dictate. Um, I think that uh, Kalani Sataki, the defensive coordinator at Oregon State, he would be a very good fit there. I think it would be his first year as a head coach, but uh, he is the kind of guy, by all accounts, that already does the things that head coaches need to do. He's good at, at leading, but he's also good at delegating. He's good at managing. He's, he's good at working with people and getting the best out of them as a defensive coordinator. That's his style of coaching at Oregon State, and I think he would be a good fit. I think Neil Matalolo would probably be the best of all if they could work out the offense. Again, I don't know that, 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 that a straight triple option would be what the fans would want, what the school would want. And frankly, if BYU is a candidate to uh, join a Power 5 conference, I don't know that a Power 5 conference would want to add a team that runs that straight Navy-style triple option because they'd be worried that there'd be so many blocks down into the legs of their defenders every year that, that they'd lose guys. Now, it's sort of a misnomer that the offensive line cut blocks every play. They don't. But on the edges, you see the receivers and the running backs blocking. They'll cut almost every time. And so there are a lot of, of low blocks that are legal and clean but low. And I wonder if Power 5 conferences would want to to bring that in for a full schedule of conference games into their conference if it's there in its full glory like it is at Georgia Tech and Navy. So, you know, these are, these are, these are things that to be considered. And really, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that Tom Holmo and the people helping him make this decision have got to consider. ESPN's Trevor Maddich, college football expert with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is Maddich Monday. Bronco Mendenhall and six of his nine assistant coaches officially announced at Virginia now. What kind of BYU team do you expect to show up in Las Vegas against Utah, given the fluctuating situation for the BYU coaches? Oh, I think for BYU players, playing the Utah Utes tends to focus the mind. You know, and I think that with all this, this flux, I think that they're mature enough being BYU guys, return missionaries, marry and have children. You know, it's, it's a good mix of experience and maturity on that team. And I don't think they'll get too caught up in the change. They understand that's part of the business. I think they love their coaches. And so I think they'll want to play for those guys, play hard, play well, and give them not only a win to send them off, but a win over Utah to send them off. So, you know, I think actually playing Utah in this bowl game is the best thing for BYU and their players to make sure they are focused to do the best they can in this particular game because everything comes together into a perfect storm to kind of, if not overcome, then at least to uh, mitigate the influence of all the disruptions that are occurring right now. Isn't it wild that BYU is playing Utah and we haven't even discussed any matchups, anything on the field, really. It's just been off the coaching search. So what are some matchups on the field that you like with BYU and Utah that stick out in preparation for this game? Well, you know, there's the passing attack against the Utah defense. I mean, the Utah defense is very opportunistic. They, are, they play very well in the secondary, and they get after the passer in a major way. And so Tanner Mangum, you know, for all the things that he'll, uh, he has to look forward to down the road, he better be very careful to get that ball out of his hand right now because teams in the Pac-12 really struggled against this BYU defense in terms of, of the way they were able to, to not only stop the run but get after the passer. The other thing is they're crazy on special teams, just flat-out 
insane crazy on special teams. And they run some special teams trick plays this last year that I've never seen before in my life. I mean, they, they like invented them out of whole cloth. And because of this being a bowl game, they've got extra time to invent stuff. You know, I would, I would not get up off the couch too early if there's a punt or a kickoff or anything like that to go grab something to eat, thinking that the, the kicking play won't be very exciting. When Utah's on the field, the kicking play could be the most exciting play uh, of the entire game. So, you know, th- these are things that, uh, that fans should be looking for. And that should also focus the mind of the BYU players because if you're not focused, the way Utah does things, they can beat you really fast. I'm gathering that you are in favor of what BYU has chosen as a uniform option, and that is the Royal Tops on White Pants, Trevor. Throwback to your air. What do you think about that uniform combo for the Las Vegas Bowl? Well, that's not really a throwback. That is the correct uniform. (laughs) I I I just don't like the Navy. I don't. I just don't. You know, the, the Y is still there, but I would prefer the Royal because the Royal Blue says BYU. It, for me, the Navy says Penn State. It just does. Hmm. And so, you know, I, I mean, that, that's me and the people that played in the Royal Blue and then watched the Royal Blue. Maybe now the, Royal, the, the Navy Blue means BYU to the people that watch it. And so I just think that the Royal Blue says BYU more. So there will be more than just a bit of nostalgia when, when I watch that game and see those uniforms. Kenny Matalolo is on the, on the mind. So when you said, I don't like the Navy, I thought, no, we all like the Navy. What are you talking about, Trevor? Yeah, no, no, that would be with the small, uh, small N. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, the Why didn't Trevor like the Navy? In, in playing against Air Force for four years, I'll tell you this, that I, I hated to play against Air Force because I couldn't hate their players. I wanted to. You know, I, you hate in a football way. I mean, you've got to play football angry. But I had so much respect for those guys that I just couldn't hate them. So I played that game without the anger that, that, that you need to play football with every year I played them. And I didn't like that. We beat them all four years. But it wasn't fun. I didn't like hitting them. I had too much respect for them. I, and so I, it's the same way with you know, watching that Army-Navy game and watching Ken Niamatololo coach in that game. It was, uh, uh, there, there's a tremendous respect that I have for what they're able to do. And the thing is, the fact that he's had so much success there with the limitations in recruiting and with the limitations um, that the players have based on the things that they need to do and their requirements in, in being uh, students at a military academy, being cadets and midshipmen, etc. The, the, the coming to BYU for him will probably be a real simple thing. Trevor, you pointed out to us earlier that you also beat Utah all four years that you played here, so uh, yes. undefeated against Air Force and Utah. Just thought I'd bring that up again. Yeah, thank you for doing that because that, that's, it's always important to, uh, to, to, to remind those guys on those Utah teams that while I do have some measure, I do respect them, I do, but we beat you and you'll never have another crack at us. So <laughs> we got you. Just, just live with it for the rest of your life and for time and all eternity. <laughs> Trevor, great to talk to you as always. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Follow him at T. Maddich. He dropped a for time and all eternity. Yeah. This is, this is BYU. So we discussed <laughs> those values. Yeah, I don't know why Trevor didn't like Navy. I don't the like color. the Navy. Yeah, that was funny. That's fu- the thing is, I understood what he was saying. <laughs> no, you, took, you took it like, you're no, like, wait, what? No, just in my mind for like a split second, I was like, what does he have against the Navy? I, I think they're great. <laughs> like, I appreciate what, the, oh, the color. I yeah. don't like the service academies. How about, how about him uh, no, he, dropping, you know, Ken kind of his third in terms of fit? 
Interesting, right? Kyle Whittingham, former Cougar. Kalani Sataki, former Cougar. They get it. Ken Niamatololo, an outsider, sort of. And he said he might, be the, he might be the best fit if BYU can continue to run the offense that they were running last year. All it takes in theory is you hire an offense coordinator that can run that. But Ken Niamatololo has been an offensive coordinator at Navy uh, and was, isn't now, but was for a long time. And that's what he's comfortable with. Items so that the, whole yes. discussion is interesting. Items on the agenda for BYU. Hire a coach. Beat Utah in football. And then figure out what's going on with basketball on the road. Anson Weiner joins us next. He's got a solution. He's busy texting. Welcome back, sports friends, on a Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Nice day for a fire, Jerem. Yes, it is. No one's getting fired, but it's a nice day for a fire. <laughs> hey, there are no uh, sporting events on campus because of finals this week until Friday when the Central Michigan Chippewas, yeah, you heard me right, 9 Eastern Friday night, BYU's next men's basketball game against the Chippewas Friday night on BYU TV and we're, BYU Radio. We're taking you down, Chris Kamen's Chippewas. Ah, the Chippewas. <laughs> historic well, rivalry with the Cougars. How many of you know what a Chippewa is without looking it up? I have no idea. What is it? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. How many of you know? We'll figure it out, Fred. Okay. Let's refresh <laughs> today's BYUSN headlines. Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo in Provo today to meet with BYU officials to hear our full discussion on the coaching search. Rewind on BYUtv.org slash DVR or download the podcast Good Stuff in the early segment. Bronco Mendenhall the Virginia football team announced its assistant coaches on Twitter over the weekend, including defensive assistants Kelly Papinga, Nick Howell, as well as the four on the offensive staff from BYU, making it six assistants in total gone from BYU. Six of nine. So Kafusi, Tidwell, Holiday are the ones that didn't get the invite to hmm. Virginia. Men's basketball lost 92-83 at Colorado on Saturday night. BYU now 0-3 on the road. Got to have to figure some things out away from the Marriott Center. Freshman Nick Emery and Zach Selyus did combine for 41 points. Women's Hoops beat Utah 73-59, led by Lexi Reidolch, who scored 29 in the win. And 13th-seeded BYU women's volleyball lost in three sets to Nebraska over the weekend in the Sweet 16. The Cougars lose, yes, but a... Fantastic season. 28-4 and four West Coast Conference champions. Alexa Gray, West Coast Conference Player of the Year. And a Sweet 16 for the fourth consecutive year. That's so they were, good. They were fun so to watch. Good. They were yes. really fun to watch. Joining us now, our second guest of the day, Anson Winder, BYU basketball insider and analyst on BYU Sports Nation. Anson, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Guys. Were you busy? Were you, excuse me, sorry. Uh, were you uh, busy texting? Is that what was going on? Oh, Checking Twitter? Yeah, you know, i got to check Twitter, stay updated with the, the news today, so... Don't, I apologize. Don't, don't, he doesn't need to answer to you. I know, I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying what was going on. You do That's what it. you want to do on Thank your you. phone, Thanks, Anson. Spencer. When you're sitting in the mustard it. seats, you are granted whatever <laughs> phone privileges you would like. Did you guys notice that Colorado had the same mustard seats, yes. by the way? They, they have the same mustard seats. We put those in in like 71. Yeah, they copied that? us. It's okay, though. <laughs> BYU, a nine-point loss. Not really a laughing matter. It, really, it's, it's becoming a concern. But, Anson, as this team moves forward at 6-3... and three, what do you see as some adjustments that BYU basketball will try and implement to to get better on the road? Um, there's a multiple multiple effects that coach could throw out there as far as changing lineups, changing defenses, changing offenses. Even um, I know he stressed going in the posts earlier in the year, and we could see him go back to that maybe a little bit more um, as our outside shooting isn't consistent as we would have liked it to be. But uh, there's, a, there's an array of things that coach could do um, going in. I think the timing of when he makes his adjustments is always crucial. 
and we've found success before with him making changes to lineups into different sets that we do. So I look for that going on in the future and, and for next game. I want to break some of those down in a moment, but you, you uh, hinted at it, and let's talk about it. Dave Rose, really good the last couple of years to where BYU had to make some in-season adjustments. I like to think that the team is more like jello than they are concrete in that it's solidifying as you go, right? So you started. All of a sudden, the season changed. Uh, Josh Sharp started. Season changes, right? Um, so what is it about Dave Rose and his ability to make adjustments that is so good? I think it's the timing. Um, you know, you're down in the dumps and – and you need a change, you need a spark, and he finds that solution just like that. And from there, we go on a streak. I think we've seen it the last couple of years. Um, I know I saw it firsthand, watched it, where he makes substitutions and changes to lineups, and we go on five or six-game winning streaks, and that's carried us into or given us momentum uh, to get us to the tournament like we have these past couple of years. So I think it's the timing of, of when he makes these changes. What is Coach Rose and the coaching staff, for that matter, like – when you go through adversity, what are the practices like? What's the locker room like? Because, you, I mean, you did this for a few years. You have been in these similar situations. What is the coaching staff approach like? I definitely think it's gut checks. Everyone kind of has to look themselves in the mirror and say, what, what do I need to be doing better? Um, how do I contribute to this team? Because clearly things aren't going the way we would like. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely guys looking themselves in the mirror and say, hey, what can I do better? And coaches definitely pushing guys to do better as well. Um, practices aren't easy. Um, he's not going to make this a, a cakewalk in practice. We're not. We're not going to focus on all positives. You know, we're going to have to focus on some of the negatives too and get better from there. So that's, that's something that I see from practices going forward. Is guys are going to have to be accountable for their roles on this team and, and have to start contributing a little bit more. I just realized it's like sweater day on the set. Are you guys? You like yeah. It? Are you feeling this? It's sweater day because it, it's cold. It's because cold, it's snow? man. Is that why? I knew you guys were going to so. You knew? I try and you got the memo this yeah, morning the memo. about Sweater Day? Yeah. You know Anson's showing up like with the purpose of <laughs> I know, showing he, up. I know. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. He's always showing up that way. I have some competitions. So I have to try and <laughs> it's it's weird that BYU is playing um, so poorly on the road. This is typically, BYU is typically a pretty good road team. What are you seeing that's so different on the road, especially in the first half? Um, it's easy. I think you look at the roster and you see there's so many young guys. There's freshmen and sophomores and even some juniors who don't have as much experience as you may like. And it's just not having that comfortable um, aspects of going on the road. Um, I remember as a freshman, sophomore going on the road, and especially riots in places like Colorado, you don't know what to expect. And it's different. And I think you saw that a glimpse of that, you know, these few, first few road games is – or guys need to get comfortable playing on the road. And it's it's easy winning in the Marriott because it's the home field advantage, the sixth man, and you're comfortable because this is where you practice every day. But going on the road, it's not the same. And I think it's just a matter of getting these games under your belt, getting more experience, challenge, playing challenging teams on the road, and, and just getting comfortable because it's just not there right now. How long did it take you individually before you felt comfortable in a hostile road environment? Um, it took... A few neutral sites, too. I think just being away from home helps a ton. The fact that you aren't playing in the Marriott on a daily basis helps you get used to being on the road. And there's just a few games that need to get under your belt. You have to see yourself win, whether it be against a a mediocre team or a really good team. You have to see yourself win on the road and say, hey, this is definitely something we can do. And you have to band together as a group and say, it's just us on the road. We don't have a, a crowd rallying behind us every possession, good or bad. It's just us and our coaches trying to battle through each possession, and that's something you have to get through um, through time. 
Let's talk about some of these potential adjustments with personnel. So Chase Fisher, um, it's wild how BYU goes uh, if he's good. If yeah. he's off, it's, it's going to be a tougher night. What, what uh, as a former roommate of Chase Fisher's, what, what did you say to him last year, maybe when he struggled trying to help him through a time like this? Um, it's not so much saying, it's more of doing. I think he got more reps up in practice. He, he focused more on his game in practice and outside of practice as well, just getting shots up and getting more comfortable. Um, because as we know, Chase is a competitor and he wants to win. By no means is he um, wanting to play bad in these games or, or miss shots. I think he's shooting shots that we expect him to make and he mm-hmm. expects to make. Yep. I think Coach you know, said that at the end of his, his in-game speech was that we definitely got the shots that we wanted him to shoot and we were expecting him to make. And it's just a matter of watching them fall. And I think he'll get back in the gym and get more comfortable and shoot those shots probably a million more times. And we'll see him go in you know, as the game's go on. The time has already passed so quickly, Anson. Once again, we need to wrap up. But before you go. I just go, got going. Okay, I, I want to <laughs> know. We can do this all day. It's rivalry week. BYU-Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. I need you to put on your football analyst hat for a moment and give me your score prediction for the Vegas Bowl on Saturday. Prediction. Uh, I'm going 24-21 Kooks. Okay. BYU by three. I like that pick. I, I think, think all of BYU Sports yeah. Nation likes that pick. I think it's going to be a good game, a close one. Anson, really intriguing stuff as we look at BYU basketball. Looking forward to uh, more of that with you and inside the mindset of what it's like to go through some struggles and hopefully successes as the Cougars move forward. Definitely. It's fun. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. You got it, man. The Zach Selyus of BYU Sports Nation. Comes off the bench, makes threes. Yes, yes, exactly. Brings it. Get, Brings him, it. get him more shots. <laughs> Let him go to the hole. Up next, what's the chance that Jimmer Fredette gets a call up to the NBA in the next two weeks? Just one of the things we'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. It's a Monday. We're ready to go. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of this show live, you can catch it weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And starting Wednesday through Saturday, we'll be in li- uh, live from Las Vegas, Wednesday through Friday at the Hard Rock Hotel, Saturday from Sam Boyd Stadium. We're excited. Yeah, if you want to make the road trip with us, uh, we'll caravan through the snow, be driving about 12 miles an hour. Can't wait for that tomorrow. Hopefully we make it on time for the Wednesday morning show. Why are you driving? <laughs> it's what we want to do. We just, we just like to party on the road. Road trip, right? There, yeah, that's, it's that's, back. that's what we do. It's back. Hey, the BYU, the BYU Sports Nation's second best play of the season Twitter bracket is underway, my friends. Have you voted yet? Yeah. You should. Okay, the number one seed. R- really, it's the number two seed because the number one seed. No, it's the one seed okay, of the fine. second okay, best okay, play. Fine, fine. That's fine. how it works. Starman Jurgens beat out Micah Hanneman's tiptoe interception, <laughs> receiving 73% of the wow. vote. So we now move to the two-seed versus seven-seed matchup. The number two-seed is sneaky. This is a tricky one. This could beat Starman. Remington Peck, reverse throw touchdown to Taron Haug. Okay, tight end throws a touchdown pass. It will face off against the seven-seeded Mitch Matthews elite catch against Utah State for a touchdown. So go vote on Twitter. If you're using TweetJet, go to Twitter on your phone or Twitter.com, and you can vote on these. We will announce the 2-7 winner tomorrow and the 3-6 matchup. So this is going to take us all the way up until next Monday. Um, So every day we're going to have a play, a matchup uh, in the second best play of 2015 bracket. Somebody out there (laughs) saying, well, we haven't played the bowl game yet, so the second best play is going to happen in the bowl game. Listen, we're taking care of this, getting ready for the bowl game, okay? (laughs) Time to play What's the Chance? 
BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? 100%. It's a game of percentages. Jerem Jordan loves this segment. Number one. What's the chance BYU hires Ken Niamatololo as the next head coach? Jerem, you want to do the honors? 54.8%. So I lean on the high side of yes. Um, but I don't think it's a done deal like some people have reported. He has to meet with BYU and figure it out. It's not a done deal quite yet. It's a done deal when they have a press conference, I'll tell you that. I don't think it's a done deal either, but I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to say Ooh. 65% Ken Niamatololo is Topper. the next head football coach at BYU. Just because he fits the model, man. For so many reasons, he, he fits the model of what BYU is looking for in a head the coach. The other two do as well. As much as him? I don't know. Number two. What's the chance BYU beats Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl? I'll go 68% on this. Um, I think that BYU's got a good shot. I think they're motivated uh, in this final game. Obviously, it's Utah. These seniors want to beat Utah. Utah's a good team, though. We haven't broke down this match hardly at all, and we will in Vegas a little more, but we're almost waiting for the coach to be hired, and then we'll turn the page. No, it's Utah. Let's turn the page. The book is always open for me, uh, and I'm staring at it uh, when it's Utah. I think that BYU will win this game, but Utah's no slouch. They're a good team, and I think they're kind of ticked off. One, they're in the Vegas, and then two, that they have to play BYU, so now I think they'll get up for it. It'll be a good game. Oh, I say 51%, Jerry. Look at you. I think this game is going to be a barn burner right down the middle. Utah's motivated for different reasons. BYU's motivated for a ton of reasons. Both of these teams, Utah wants to hang this over BYU's head all summer long. Hey, we beat you for a fifth time in a row. Okay. Yeah. They, you don't think they want to do that? Oh, we know the reasons. My goodness. So, I, But I like BYU's chances because, because it's Broncos' last hurrah. You know, I think they'll be motivated. 51%. Number three. What's the chance BYU makes the NCAA tournament? 100%. 100%. Where's your hat? Here it is. <laughs> Put on your hat. Now, yeah. B- okay, so BYU is 6-3. and three. They're 0-3 on the road. Not trending well in terms of road play. BYU is going to play better. I think it's going to be close at the end, but I think that BYU does make the NCAA tournament. So I go 72.6%. 100% BYU will make the NCAA tournament because wow. all Dave Rose does is figure out how to weigh, or how, how to win games. He figures out ways to win games. He's dealt with bad losses in the past two or three years, and he's found a way into the NCAA tournament. And that wasn't a bad loss, per se. It's just... Hey, they, they're 0-3 on the road. they got to figure it out. They're them. opportunistic. Yeah, losing at Colorado right now is not a bad loss. Tell me the team that's highest in the RPI right now that BYU has lost. RPI it, in December is like Colorado. strength of schedule in September it still in matters. football, dude. It still matters. People no, pay it attention. matters way more later. Well, it's just like rankings. Those you say, are, yeah, you say exactly. rankings in they're week just five fun. don't matter? They're There's, just fun. It's fun. Yeah. Exactly. It still matters to a degree. It, it brings... Something to the, the scenario right now. What's happening now? I know, but its weight is not heavy. BYU 100% makes the NCAA tournament. Number four. What's the chance Jimmer gets called up to the NBA Jimmer! in the next two weeks? 28%. Um, I think he, it depends on the needs of a team, so it's hard to gauge that. I'll go 28%. <coughs> I'm going to say lower than that. That was a Pelican, by the way. 10%. Jimmer Fredette gets called up in the next two weeks. Now, if you said next month, I'd take that up to about 70%. I don't think it's going to happen that fast, especially before Christmas, holiday season, stuff like that. I think after the new year, Jimmer Fredette will find his way back onto an NBA roster. Number five. Last one. What's the chance Jerem cries during Star Wars in Las Vegas? 100%. Cries? <laughs> like for joy? Yes! 100%. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> 0%? I'm not going to cry. You're not going to cry in Star Wars? I might, though. If I cry, I'll admit it. I'll, tw- I'll tweet out, like, hey, I cried during that. What would make you cry? Give me an example of something that would make you cry in like the Star Wars Like if Chewbacca scene. died. Okay. <laughs> you would cry if Chewie, Chewie died? Yeah, I would cry if Chewie died. Sure. Yeah. All right. So you're really tied to that character, aren't you? No, I'm tired. I love Star Wars like everyone else. I'm I know. Not, we just bring up Chewie a lot. I don't, I'm not going to like dress up in the theater. I love <laughs> Star Wars. Did I watch Return of the Jedi and finish 4, 5, 6 yesterday? Yes. If you are going to dress up in the theater, Las Vegas is the place to do it. I'm not bringing down to Vegas something to dress up in in Star Wars. Hey, Star just Wars. saying. Just an idea, man. The Cougar Whip Round hits next. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo is in Provo today to meet with BYU officials. More uh, on that conversation in the beginning of the show. Download the show podcast if you missed it. Also, BYU will, will be wearing royal blue shirts with white pants Saturday in the Vegas Bowl Undefeated. against Utah. And an ESPN writer ranks the Vegas Bowl the best Pac-12 Bowl by importance. Hmm. Also, Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia announced its assistant coaches on Twitter. Kelly Pinga and Nick Howe will go as well as the four offensive assistants, making six of the nine assistants for BYU. Gone to Virginia. Men's basketball. The Cougars lost 92-83 at Colorado in Boulder on Saturday night. BYU now 0-3 on the road. Freshman Nick Emery and Zach Selyus did combine for 41 points, so there's that. Women's basketball. The ladies beat Utah 73-59, led by Lexi Rydalch, who scored 29 in the win. Volleyball. 13-seeded BYU women's volleyball lost in three sets to Nebraska in the Sweet 16. Congratulations on a fantastic season, ladies. Jimmer. Jameer scored 21 points last night in the Westchester Knicks 107-10 win victor, uh, victory over the Raptors 905. DeLon Wright's on the team. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah had another sack in last night's game against the St. Louis Rams. He's tied with J.J. Watt for second most in the NFL. Nice. Daniel Sorensen had three tackles for the Chiefs in last night's win. And Wani Unga plays tonight for the Giants against the Dolphins. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Lexi Rydalt with her 29 gets it. And our elite tweet of the day comes from at BYU Albert. What does Kenny Amatololo bring? Discipline, discipline, discipline. Nobody knows assignment sound, turnover less football like Kenny does. Screw that, brother. Thanks to Trevor Maddich and Anson Weiner and everyone on our crew. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Vince Fayula. We'll see you tomorrow.